3: I'll be honest with you guys, man. I was less shocked that online reviews are fake and more shocked that people actually read online reviews. Yeah, because I don't trust anyone who writes a review on a website. Who has the
0: time for that? You know what I do. If I like a new TV, I'll be like, "This is a nice TV." And then I keep watching. That's all I do. <laughs> I don't know who's like. This is so good. I need to write a paragraph about it. Yeah, I I'm amazed yeah. by those people. I see people who do. I'm grateful re- for them. Yeah, I do see. I see people who do reviews for products, and it's like it had to take you 20 minutes to do that. Sure. Oh yeah. W- why? I get you. You got a seriously different lifestyle than
3: I do right 20 minute review over this toaster oven and then then you go you buy you know a toaster oven. you buy a pair of socks for six dollars and you get an online questionnaire how was your experience buying the socks like i have infinite time that's about like i expected it would be now there are some online reviews that all should have won the pulitzer prize for literature like the legendary uh sugar-free gummy bears review but most of us, so a lot of them are phony, huh? What are you going to do? Yeah, we got more on that coming up, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So, listen, uh, we... Uh, mm, eh, I don't want to sound self-aggrandizing. We m- broke the story written by a fabulous student journalist at the University of California in Davis about a professor who is on campus teaching, openly advocating the murder of police officers. And I'm not being, uh, you know, I'm not parsing, I'm not being lawyerly about it. The guy openly says cops should be killed. And the University of California, Davis... Has they're, issued, easier
0: to sh- they're easier to kill when their backs are turned. Right. One yeah. of his many comments. Yeah, that sort of
3: thing. Incredible. He said, he said uh, many people say the police should be reformed. They should be killed. That's what he says. And the response from the University of California system has been, as you might expect, mealy-mouthed, legalistic, and pathetic, citing Title IX, among other things, Um. But the but the righteous indignation of the good and normal people of America is starting to be aroused as they hear more about this story. And uh, we've invited James Gallagher on. James is a uh, an assemblyman in California representing the third district, who is uh, actually he's the product of the University of California system uh, and joins us now to talk about it. Hey, James, how are you?
4: Good morning, gentlemen. Good to
3: be with you. Oh, It's our pleasure. So, listen, we here at the Armstrong and Getty Show, we, we have kind of a libertarian point of view of things. And we don't like people faking outrage and demanding people lose their jobs because they said something unfortunate or controversial or that. Or we, you just disagree with them. Right. We don't like that. Um, And so, you know, people who know us know it's pretty extraordinary for us to say this is so horrific that the guy should not be in front of young people teaching them. What's your point of view about Professor Joshua Clover at uh, UC Davis?
4: No, I mean, and I, I listen to the show, by the way. It's a great show. Thank you. Um, and, you know, for me, when I started to read this article, that got forwarded to me actually by my wife. Um, you know, as I went through this thing, I, the matter I got, you know, and, you know, I just, just to see that this guy, the things that he had said, and then when he was confronted about it actually would not recant actually said, well, the real answer is to disband the police. Um, and so you're, you're reading this outlandish stuff. Um, and then I, you know, I, I texted a couple of my buddies, you know, and sent them this study. They also are Davis grads. And I said, can you believe, you know, that this is the kind of stuff that's coming out of the university that we received our degrees from, you know, um, and, you know, as I talk to more and more people, it's the same response, the same response that you gentlemen had yesterday morning when you were talking about this story. Um, I will say, just as a side note, as I'm reading this article, I'm like, man, this guy is a really good writer.
3: Nick Irvin. i a little bit oh, jealous myself, yeah.
4: so that that was also part of it. <laughs> um, yeah, for but, a college know, senior, he is really a hell
3: senior. of a writer and journalist. Anyway, go ahead.
4: Yeah, great piece. And then, you know, just so as we started talking to people and, and um uh, and I actually did put in a call to the university um saying, "Hey, if you haven't heard from anybody else, you know you can log it for me. um you know this guy should be fired period I mean there's no room for this this is not this is no this is not a legitimate uh act in academic freedom it has no legitimate purpose towards you know anything academic in nature um, and it's It's clearly an incitement to violence you know against a selected group of people."
3: What do you think is a guy who's uh, pretty up on these issues that they fell back on Title IX saying, well, police aren't a protected class under Title IX, so our teachers can advocate murdering them?
4: Well, to be honest, I don't know exactly what Title IX says or doesn't say. Um, I think everybody, it's, this is kind of intrinsic, I think, to all of us, um, that free speech does not mean that, for example, you can go punch someone in the face for advocating a certain view on campus. It's happened on Berkeley Uh, campus a couple weeks ago Uh, and it doesn't mean that you can advocate for the death uh you know ask people to go out and and kill people uh for whom that you have some sort of disagreement with no it's clearly not free speech you know
0: a common uh place we are in our politics is uh republicans um howl about how awful university campuses are and democrats stand up for university campuses do you have colleagues that are democrats that think this is a bridge too far that they're willing to? to side with you
4: um well i haven't had a whole lot of uh conversations with my democratic colleagues yet on this but yeah i think that there's a lot of democratic members of the legislature who would also say this is completely unacceptable i would hope um and i think it's only people on the very radical you know very very radical left who might stand up for this guy i
0: I can't imagine how many people are that far out there
3: uh, James Gallagher is a California assemblyman, and, uh, and we are uh, aiding him in a, uh, uh, an online petition to get this uh, Joshua Clover fired from the University of California, at the very least. Um, and, and we'd love for you to go to armstrongandgettyradio.com and, and sign it. Uh, the response from the University of California is unintentionally hilarious. The basis for academic freedom is to make sure that the university is a place where unpopular and different views are heard. Well, in the unpopular. wake of banning any speaker to the right of Mitt Romney for years, uh, allowing the heckler's veto and the fact that self-identified liberals out uh, outnumber um, self-identified conservatives roughly 70 to 1 on California college campuses, that is some of the finest, most dry humor I have heard uh, in a lifetime. And I, I credit the, who is that, the chancellor or whoever it is. Um, with some really hilarious stuff there. Um, what do you say to the argument that they make? Well, it's academic freedom assemblymen. You know, we have to have unpopular views on
4: campus. Well as a as an someone who went to undergrad at Berkeley, um, I'm kind of used to this type of stuff, actually. Um, uh, you know, I was a conservative student. I was part of the college Republicans. On campus, I've um, often said, "Never and-
3: trust a college Republican." Young people ought to be liberals. But anyway, back to you. I have
4: heard you say that. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, on that campus, you know, it was it was pretty clear that the university, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, talks about diversity, talks about diversity of thought, um, but in many cases, it was you know, as long as it's a liberal perspective, right? Um, and then, you know in these cases I just like, why can't they figure this out? You know, of course we want a diverse, uh, diverse, uh, viewpoints and, and ideas expressed and talked about. Um, but that doesn't mean that you allow for this kind of hateful dialogue that's calling for death and har- and bodily harm to people. It doesn't mean that you allow for, uh, people with viewpoints to be shouted down, you know, and beaten, uh, you know, of and course when not. Ben Shapiro comes to campus, you know, allow people to, you know, basically beat people and throw Molotov cocktails at the, uh, you know, campus buildings. You know, I, why can't UC and some of these other, you know, the University of California and others figure this out, that what free speech actually means?
3: James Gallagher, California Assemblyman. James, we appreciate the time and, and you helping out on this because we think it's important. You know, one note just for folks uh, who who don't remember or are not familiar with it, uh, Davis, California is where... Very close to the campus on one of the main arteries where students come and go. A a beautiful, in spirit, 22-year-old young woman was uh, a a young police officer was executed by an anti-cop guy. He was a troubled guy, obviously, but uh, she was murdered in cold blood. You know, a a, a 10-minute walk from where this guy teaches advocating the murder of police officers. And it's just it's absolutely unconscionable. And again, we, we don't twist words around here. I mean, it's easier to shoot cops when their backs are turned. No, he tweeted. I'm thankful that every living cop will one day be dead, he tweeted. In an extended interview with San Francisco Weekly just a couple years ago, people think that cops need to be reformed. They need to be killed, he said. Beautiful. Teaching your kids at an extremely high cost.
0: If you're a professor who said abortion is murder regularly in your class, you'd be done.
3: Right. Right. Oh, please, you'd never get hired. So, did Illegal you Illegal know... immigrants should be deported immediately. You'd never get a... You wouldn't get an interview. I like to murder... I think you should murder cops. Oh, sure. member in good standing of the academia.
0: I've got an update on the world of pigeon racing.
3: Finally. Oh, plus, did you hear about the guy in a Mexican restaurant? He was assaulted by a woman for wearing a MAGA hat. A delightful twist. To I, that t-
0: I still haven't told the story about me wearing my, my uh, Trump hat the other day. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And pigeon racing. There are elite oh, pigeons that cost more than a luxury car. No, they don't. <laughs> Joe's a skeptic. Do they really? Stay, yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show
3: Armstrong and Getty. The
4: conscience of the nation.
0: Number of cameras in the ceiling in the lunchroom. We've got one of those
3: open-range, free-range uh, vending machine sort of situations. It's like a convenience store. Yeah.
0: Got and, coolers.
3: Uh, got shelves. Got all sorts of grub up there.
0: And if you wanted to fill Most your po- bad. If you wanted to fill your pockets full of gummy bears and other delicious morsels and steal, you could. And I guess to stop people, they uh, they have it on camera. But there are, I think, four different cameras in the ceiling, right? What does it cost to install four cameras in the ceiling and then have a setup to record it all the time? And then how many 25-cent morsels do you have to recover before you break even? <laughs>
3: well, and the profit <laughs> on those morsels. Well, I don't know. Anybody who's gone to, like, a Sam's Club or a Costco knows the answer to that question. You can get a four-camera system with a DVR a few hundred bucks these days. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty reasonable. And then I on keep one... wanting to get one, and my wife keeps saying, why? That would be my so question. So we can keep an eye out.
0: Keep an eye on what? Be
3: vigilant, ever vigilant.
0: And then you're like those, guy, those people on the TV ads? Hey, you knuckleheads! Right. Get away from my
3: front door. Oh, she caught us, and they scurry off. Right. Oh, no, what do we do? We run. Charming. Charming. A couple of people pointing out, yes, the former head of the CHP is the current University of California Davis police chief and has uh, very little say on the issue, except a very careful diplomatic statement, because he's riding a giant gravy train. He's making tons of money. And uh, doesn't you know he knows uh, who his overlords are. He doesn't want to say anything too strong about advocating murdering cops, chief. To keep his gravy train rolling, he's being very careful. That
0: is pretty amazing. So you were the head of the highway patrol. And you have people you know who are out there on the roads today pulling people over. Every time you pull somebody over, you, you worry when you walk up to their window what's going to happen. Right. You're okay with the professor saying, go ahead, murder them. Murder those cops. We're better off without them. You got nothing to say on the issue. Nope.
3: Well, he had some stuff to say on the issue, but it wasn't
0: uh, much. much. pretty soft. Yep. I think I called it mealy-mouthed,
3: as I recall. Anything short of that guy shouldn't be working is uh, pretty soft, in my opinion. That is a disgusting, horrifying, and indefensible attitude. He should be relieved of his duties immediately. If the chief had said that, I'd have a little, well, I'd have great respect for him. But he didn't. Any sport you don't uh,
0: understand or follow seems stupid when you're exposed to it. <laughs> I mean, like, I remember when I would see soccer as a kid. I didn't grow up in a world where anybody played soccer and then be on TV and there'd be these giants crowd cheering and think, who's cheering this for what reason? <laughs> I just, I don't even know what's going on there. And, all, and, and, you know, if you've ever, uh, guys, huh? Come on. Try to get your girlfriend to watch a baseball game. She's, just like, I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't understand.
3: Right. Why are you getting all excited? So I
0: try to keep that in mind, that maybe if you're into it, you're really into elite pigeon racing, Mm. which is a big deal in various
3: places of the world... Wasn't Mike Tyson in the pigeon racing? He had pigeons. I don't know if he raced. Them. No, no, they were just he just liked them. I think he it, chewed their heads off.
0: Oh, no, no, not quite. Uh, flipping pigeons is kind of the the term for it, where you just have them, you let them out in your yard, and they all kind of are trained to come back to you. Flipping pigeons, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's. Uh, I've I've seen it called that in various movies. Bunch of pigeon flippers, people anyway, who have the the roosts on their roof. Pigeon racing is a big deal, and there are pigeons that cost more from from the right lines, the right bloodlines. You got a stud pigeon. That is, uh, you know, won a lot of races and is breeding little fast pigeons, you think, that are worth more than a uh, a luxury car in certain parts of the world. You'd pay $80,000 for this particular pigeon.
4: So no, I go. wouldn't.
0: I would not. You just don't understand the sports, the beauty of the sport, the nuances, the art. I prefer the collegiate pigeon racing before the money yeah, really exactly. gets involved and what gets corrupted. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding
3: me? The colleges make all the money and the pigeons make nothing. They barely give him enough seed to survive on. You're a chump. (laughs) So, uh, one more note from college. It took me a second to come up with it. UC Davis Police Chief Joe Farrow called the professor calling for the murder of cops, quote, disappointing. As I've said before, no, you have a tea time, you want to play some golf, and it starts to rain. That's disappointing. Having a colleague calling for the murder of peace officers is not disappointing, Chief. And then he uh, launches into this long... Again, mealy-mouthed, our officers are dedicated professionals who have and will continue to rise above calls for violence against them. Nonetheless, it's regrettable they have to endure such vile hatred. Okay, you said vile hatred. I appreciate that, Chief. Full credit for calling it what it is. I I, was perhaps a little too strong. I always try to remain positive, and we're keenly aware of what's going on in the nation with the perception of law enforcement. We try to understand the criticism and build upon that, blah, blah, blah. That's where it gets into the just words. Anyway. All right. That's enough of that. So um, anything, anything for now, go to armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. I accidentally gave the old uh, website earlier. I have been uh, chastised.
0: What, what's uh, Anything short of like the blue flu where they all decide we're not showing up to work until that thing guy's gone seems pretty soft to me.
3: I would agree. Yeah, I think that'd be reasonably appropriate. So uh, very quickly, you may have seen the story, Boston area guys out eating uh, uh mexican food in his maga hat. Woman starts hassling him, swearing at him, grabs his hat, pulls it down forcefully over his face, pushes his head, keeps yelling at him. He's taping all this, right? And uh and finally the, the owners called the cops on her cuz she wouldn't settle down. The latest twist in the story
1: will amuse you. Awesome. What's coming up, in your news, Marshal? Hunt for Bin Laden's sun really heating up. We got a new appeal to Amazon. Give the big Apple a second chance. And new health warnings about your mobile phone. Coming up. All good stuff
0: coming up on The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: This 23-year-old dude. He's out eating Mexican food with his buddies. He's wearing a MAGA cap. Or do you say MAGA? And, uh, and this 41-year-old one a woman, one Rosianne Santos, starts calling him a mother blaper and all sorts of other things, and uh, and then grabbed his hat, shoved it down over his face, pushed at him, that sort of thing. He was one of the... He and I think it was he was rolling uh, video, as they say, on his phone. He recorded all this. He he stayed remarkably calm. Very, very calm. More like pitying of the ignorant woman, as he he explained it. But finally, somebody called the cops because she was really making a disruption. And uh, the cops came and they had the hat in their hands. And she tried to snatch it out of the cops' hands as was yelling at them. All right, here you go. Here's the update on that story. A woman faces deportation from the U.S. after she was captured on camera confronting a man wearing a MAGA hat inside a Mexican restaurant in Massachusetts. Turn out, Miss Santos is uh, in the country from Brazil unlawfully and was arrested by ICE fugitive operations teams. She's per- presently in ICE custody and has been entered into removal proceedings before the federal immigration courts, An ICE spokesperson told the station. Well, if that, don't beat all. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I think that's funny. <laughs> all right, let's get to the news now. Marsha Phillips. El-Hud is heating up. Saudi Arabia has just revoked the citizenship of Hamza bin Laden, the son of the late al-Qaeda leader. Just now revoked the citizenship yes. of Osama bin Laden's son. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm supposed to be excited about that. The decision coming after the U.S. government offered a million-dollar reward for information leading to his capture as part of its Rewards for Justice program. Bin Laden's sons emerged as a leader of the al-Qaeda terrorist group. His father was killed in that U.S. military raid in Pakistan back in May of 2011. I remember a
3: classic double shot. Yep. A lot of of people believe
0: that al-Qaeda is uh, powerful. And certainly more of a threat than ISIS in terms of a an attack in the United States. So, who knows?
1: Hamza bin Laden's been releasing audio and video messages calling for more attacks against the U.S. and its allies. Just over a month before the elections, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu looks more vulnerable than ever. Following a dramatic announcement Thursday by Israel's Attorney General, Netanyahu almost certainly faces indictment on corruption charges in the coming months but most analysts say when the dust settles after the april 9th vote the person most likely to emerge as prime minister remains netanyahu interesting well i yep. say he was granting favors in returns for, in return for cigars
3: and champagne i don't know how many cigars you could smoke i heard mariah
1: carey tickets were also involved in oh, some way wait a minute. Oh, oh, my now, my now, now or 20 years ago please there's an open letter in the New York Times today urging Amazon to give the Big Apple another chance. A group of lawmakers, union leaders, and CEOs. Getting a and- little pathetic, you're
0: calling her again. Oh boy. Yeah. Just one more trial change, I promise. Oh boy.
1: The group includes the heads of MasterCard and Goldman Sachs are asking Jeff Bezos to reconsider his company's decision to abandon plans to build their second headquarters in Long Island City. We're about to talk to Mike DeBonis of the Washington Post about the whole AOC wing of the
3: party and the Democrats increasingly aware of... It's trouble, man. <laughs> Behind
0: closed doors yeah. last night, she laid it down and said, Any of you vote with Republicans, I'm raising the money to primary you. Right. She
3: has definitely taken charge. Yeah. And the me- measure they were talking about was if an illegal tries to buy a weapon, they can report that. So she and her wing were coming out pro illegal aliens with guns, which is odd for liberal Democrats. Uh, So, yeah, so that's that. I mean, that's left.
0: But it really reminds me of the the Tea Party battle of a couple of years ago, just on the other side. You got you got a a chunk of people that that they're not going to allow any compromise. You need to go. uh, You need to be pure, Mm -hmm. purely on this side.
1: or We're going to go after you. All right, my friends, we have the first FM story of our brand new month. FM stands for what now? Fecal matter. Oh, boy. You might want to start thinking twice before putting your mobile phone up to your face. All right. Okay.
3: Study if you've pooped on it. Study done <coughs> by I the... I haven't.
1: Good for you. You should be fine then. <laughs> study done by the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Good work. Says fecal matter could be found on one out of every six smartphones around. The statement from the school says mobile phones have become veritable reservoirs of pathogens. <laughs> As they touch faces, ears, lips, and hands of different users with different health conditions. So so these studies continue
0: to come out, even as we've all become aware of the fact that we need all these different germs in our system and to be exposed to them to survive as a human. To
3: build up antibodies, right? Mm -hmm. Germs are your friends. Yeah, it's just
0: part of the deal of being alive on the planet. So, I don't know. If you eliminated all of those germs that we get warned about all the time, you'd get sick and die young. Mm. What's I
3: don't get it. So go ahead and poop on my phone? That's more or less. <laughs> Is that what you took from that, Joe? <laughs> yes.
1: A new study says it might be possible to get infrared night vision by a simple injection in your eyes. Yes! Finally! Finally! <laughs> Researchers at the University of Science and Tech of China say they were able to give mice night vision by injecting nanoparticles wow! into their wow! eyes. Oh
0: you have to get an injection in the eye. Well, that's a <laughs> bit of a hurdle. But, uh, <laughs> I'll just flip on
3: the light like I have been doing my whole life. <laughs> or buy a flashlight for nine ninety five. They
1: say that night Or use my poop covered phone with <laughs> a flashlight. Right, they say the night vision lasts up to ten weeks with little or no side effects. How could there whoa, be a whoa, side whoa, 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 I whoa, agree whoa, with the doctors?
0: Whoa. How could there be a negative side effect to getting a shot in the eye that gives you night vision for two months? Right.
3: <laughs> night after night? Seems <laughs>
0: reasonable. Perfectly
1: sustainable. <laughs> now now and these are Chinese scientists? <laughs> yes. I'll take oh, a shot right now. Super. Now they're getting ready to try out these treatments on humans. Possible first practical use. Soldiers and police. Yeah, okay. we know <laughs> that, that'd be cool.
0: Um, as far I can't imagine it being much help to me at all. I mean, honest to God. So now I don't have to flip on the light switch, right. and then it I might... could
3: scan the yard for skunks before Baxter goes out back. Avoid another nightmare.
0: And it's sort of like if you have night vision goggles on, and somebody flicks on the light in the room, it can be painful.
3: I wonder it, what it the... can. Although the new state of the art ones, I've seen video of them; they're astounding. Right,
0: but I'm wondering what sort of diminished full light vision you'll right, have. Right. This. And am I laying there in bed wishing it were dark so I could get to sleep? <laughs> right.
1: Well, just close your eyes. The downs- See right through them. Yeah, so there's a downside to having
0: Chinese scientists give you
3: a shot in the eye. <laughs> Jabbing needles into your eyes to give you superpowers. All right. That's China. China!
1: That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getting shows that conscience of the nation. Now as a
0: kid, like my kids, I'll tell this story tonight at the dinner table. I'll yeah. be a hero. They're yeah, going to yeah. love this story. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but I'll know. i leave out the sh- I'll say a pill. Because otherwise they'll get hung up on the whole shot in the eye.
3: As they should. <laughs> <laughs> so the fracture in the Democratic Party is growing and increasingly emotional. We'll have Mike DeBonis of the WAPO with us
0: next. <laughs> don't cross AOC or you get primaried. Stay tuned to the
3: Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Watch you. She got them realtor eyes. She got them. I can always tell by realtor eyes. Oh, she got them.
3: Amen to that.
0: That's Roseanne Barr commenting uh, on AOC.
3: Yeah. And her realtor eyes.
0: So, Miss um, Cortez continues to make waves in politics by standing for something. That's part of her advantage. Um, uh, also just came across this. one advantage Ocasio-Cortez has over some colleagues is that she consistently attends even the most mundane committee hearings since she doesn't spend any of her day calling donors for money. I saw a stat the other day that the average congressperson spends 70% of their time raising money. Horrifying. I can't imagine anything worse to do than that. She doesn't have to do it
3: at all. All She has to do is tweet. Hey, I could use five bucks if you can spare it because we're fighting the evil uh, right wing and the money pours in. And part of her appeal is I, people her legitimate part of
0: her part of her maybe most of her appeal is you you would believe she believes what she's talking about and wants to do something about it. She's not there just to get rich and uh,
3: and go along to stay in office. Whatever you think of the policies, right? right. Yeah. Mike DeBonis joins us. Mike is the the congressional reporter for the Washington Post. Always a pleasure to talk. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. So, uh the, a bit of a rift in the uh, democratic party behind the scenes things getting a little heated and between the moderates and the progressive wing what's happening
5: well basically what's happening is that you know moderates are voting their districts on these certain votes that Republicans are forcing. and uh, basically liberals are getting mad that they aren't being team players and voting with the, the party voting with the leadership. And this is just going to be a theme that's going to play out repeatedly um, as long as Democrats have a House majority. And the, this was probably the most vivid example of it of these tensions sort of breaking out in, in you know into the semi-open in this uh, in this meeting yesterday. Well, what
0: AOC say behind closed doors?
5: So uh, basically what she said and what her spokesperson confirmed afterwards was that um, she said that Democrats who vote with Republicans on these amendment you know, are essentially amendment votes are putting themselves on a list, a quote, on, on a list uh, for uh, reprisals from uh, more liberal Democrats. Potential primary challenges, and uh, for to be targeted, uh, you know, by activists. Um, and you now that was said in the course of a longer conversation about how liberals were mad about on this vote um, on Wednesday at having to choose between uh, voting for this gun control bill and uh, you know an immigration provision that ended up being inserted into it. But, you know, the, the ultimate message was was that you better watch your back because um, you know, this is what it means to be a good democrat and you're not being a good democrat.
3: Putting aside, you know, what I agree with and what I don't. I think it was a pretty clever maneuver by the Republicans to put in a, an amendment adding to the, uh, you know, expanded federal background checks for gun purchases. An amendment said ICE has to be notified if an illegal immigrant seeks to purchase a gun. Um, and so, you know, you're putting Democrats in the position of voting uh, voting in favor of illegals with guns. Um, yeah. in, in effect, um, this will probably not be the last time the Republican brain trust tries to find something like this.
5: Absolutely. And they're going to do it every opportunity they get, which, uh, under the current House rules, Republicans, anytime Democrats bring a bill of any significance to the floor, Republicans get to offer... Essentially, one last amendment to it, and they're they're very skillfully crafting these things to divide Democrats. And you know, Democrats did the same thing to Republicans when Republicans had the majority, but Republicans did not take the bait in in eight years in the majority. They didn't once vote for one of these Democratic amendments. Uh, already, we're two months into the Democratic majority, and they've twice they've adopted Republican amendments, and uh, that's just presaging the fact that every time there's a, there's going to be one of these votes, they're going to have to like whip it and you know, basically treat this like a, a major political amendment um, mm. that they're going to have to deal with I've rather known, than try and dismiss it as a procedural thing.
0: We've known a few people that have gotten into Congress, and generally when you first get in, you uh, you keep your mouth shut. You go along with leadership so you can get on some committees, but you usually get crap committees. Yeah. Uh, that are boring and you have no interest in you keep your mouth shut and go along with the votes you're supposed to make so you can rise up to better committees you would like and then eventually you get, get some power on the other hand you got aoc in her 20s um who is willing to say whatever she wants to anyone which is appealing to a lot of people and uh does she actually have enough power at this point where she could raise some money and and activate a resistance against an incumbent in the next election if she wanted to
5: uh, sure, yeah. I mean, that's something that she's openly talked about. Um, you know, uh, has it happened yet? No. There's just been threats and, you know, sort of idle chatter, but it's not hard to imagine. Um, I think that, you know, they, they have named names of, of people who they want to target. Um, people who are considered blue dogs, you know, you know the real moderate. Uh, centrist Democrats, um, and, you know, those people are, you know, for lack of a better term, on notice that this is a risk that they're taking. But, um, you know, what what they say in return is like, listen, we know who elected us, we know our districts, and we're, you know, not going to be told what to do by somebody who, who, who represents one of the most liberal districts in America.
3: Very interesting maneuvering on the uh, on the hill there, Mike Debonis, congressional reporter for the Washington Post. Mike, we thank you very much for your time. Well done.
5: Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks. So the one,
3: you know, the obvious parallel is the Tea Party movement. Um, and how the Republicans struggled with how to deal with that. But I would... Uh, and our
0: friend Tom McClintock left the Freedom Caucus because he felt like they were too ideologically rigid.
3: Uh, well, and and that they were doing what AOC's talking about. They were going to get into primarying their colleagues right, out. Right. They, were, they had gotten too savage about what they were doing. Um, And you're right. Yeah, it was ideological rigidity, too, not taking two-thirds of the loaf. I, I would suggest the main difference is that The Tea Party movement was uh, fiscal conservatives. Right,
0: and this one is wrong.
3: (laughs) Well, yes, there's that, and I will defend that to my dying breath. Ah. The Tea Party movement wanted to restore the federal budget to like the budget of four years ago, and for that they were portrayed as extremists. The mainstream of the Republican Party, the go-along-to-get-along branch, was the big force for continuing to grow the government and and the good old, good old boy Republicans. And the Tea Party was seen as a a splinter. The AOC radical wing is the main body of the Democratic Party in this controversy. The moderates are the splinter group. It's the couple dozen moderates that are getting screamed at and threatened in this situation. And they're going to desperately cling to their seats because they're saying there's this one guy from New Mexico who says, look, The reason the Democrats have control of the House right now is not the anybody could run super blue districts. It's because you won the swing districts. Don't ruin me and you will ruin me if you try to turn me into AOC in my district. This Mm.
0: is the ongoing battle in politics forever. Like, in California, where Republicans have lost everything, they have practically zero power at this point. And so there's some new leadership in the Republican Party saying...
3: Running to the fire alarm and pulling it during a committee meeting is the only power Republicans have in California. <laughs> that is the only thing they can do.
0: And so the new leadership, I heard an interview the other day in, in California, says, look, we tried the... um." Uh, well, they've, they've tried everything. It's not going to work in California as a Republican, regardless. But do you want to do the what some people call watered down Republican? You're practically a liberal rhino and have some seats and some say, or do you want to be ideologically pure and have no seats and no say? Mm-hmm. Which do you want to do? Um, that's that's the age old question in all the politics. Sure. And AOC is uh, saying, no, you got to be, you got to be ideologically pure. You got to be all this, or you should be out. Mm -hmm. But generally, often what that leads to most of the time leads to is you end up with not enough influence to get any of the things you want done.
3: Right. Although what the Republicans are trying to do now is make sure that the moderates are, quote unquote, exposed as moderates, give the AOC wing plenty of power, have them run all the moderates out of their districts and that sort of thing. And then they'll way, way overdo it to the left. And then the Republicans will take the House back. Keeping in mind that virtually none of this has anything to do with good governance or what's right for the American people. None of it. They just want power.
0: If if the AOC branch nominates somebody to run against Trump, Trump will get reelected, barring some like catastrophic legal problem.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: He will get reelected. So man, that's got to be such an interesting fight behind the scenes that we won't really know all the details of for like 20 years right? when people write the books. Because there's got to be such a power battle going on behind the scenes. You get Joe Biden nominated, he, I don't see how he could get the nomination, but if he got the nomination and he's running with Barack Obama as kind of a moderate, regular guy, he could beat Trump. You get the AOC wing, Trump wins every day. Mm-hmm. And that's the wing with all the power right now and all the heft and all the media and everything. It's going to be interesting to watch. Right. But you got them real tries. And the oh, money yeah. people know we're going to lose. She, she we're going to lose to Trump if we go this far. Yep. She got him.
4: Oh, she Nancy got him.
0: Pelosi knows it, too. Uh-huh. That's why she's battling so hard. Of course, she's got one foot, you know. <laughs> you know her. <laughs> she, she might not be around come 2020. Uh, just say. You're listening to the Armstrong and Gang Show.